Hello and welcome to our show, Film Talk with AJ Dean. I'm AJ Dean, your host, and I have the impeccable, incredible, phenomenal actor and co-host with me, Paul Votto. Paul, how are you today? I'm wonderful, and I feel that you left out the word wonderful, but other than that, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, AJ. I'm so excited to talk to Adam, and uh, it's been an amazing weekend, being 4th of July. Yes. I feel like I, I used to be happier, but you know, that being said, here we are. <laughs> well, you are very wonderful. And speaking of wonderful, we do have Adam Vargas here with us. He's a director, producer, and writer. He's also been part of production crew, amazing, um, throughout um, TV and movies. He was born in New York, and I know he likes hot sauce on his watermelon. Let's give a warm welcome to Adam Vargas. Hey, Adam, it's so great you're here. It's great to be here, AJ. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Thank welcome. You, oh You've my gosh. already answered all my questions because <laughs> I didn't, I knew that your name was Adam. I didn't realize it was Vargas. I'm like, oh, is this guy Latino? But the second you go, I like hot sauce on my watermelon, like 100%, <laughs> this guy is Latino. I'm guessing Puerto Rican, but only because it's you're from New York. Uh, Mexican. But yeah, I see why you get, I see why you've made that guess. There are no Mexicans in New York. <laughs> there are no Mexicans in New York, but, but Mexicans are the only ones that will take something as delicious and healthy as fruit and vegetables. And then let, you know what, let's throw some, I mean, hot sauce is fine, but then you know what, let's, let's throw something that makes us bloated. How about some salt? And some tagine or whatever it is that's called, which sounds Arabic. I have no tagine. idea about tagine or tagine. tagine. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I have already, I already have so many questions for you, uh, and I have stories about back in the 1900s going to New York and finding zero Mexicans. So at least now there's one. So God bless. Yeah, when I was growing up there, uh, me and my brothers were uh, anomalies because we were like the only Mexicans. We knew, you know, tons of Puerto Ricans, Salvadorians, uh, you name it. Yeah, Dominicans, um, Cubans, no Mexicans. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Okay, so sorry, AJ, I didn't mean to hijack uh, the show already, but it just now, now I'm just 100% so fascinated with Adam Vargas. Um, Adam, speaking of being in New York and from New York, your whole family is, right? Are they all from yes. New York? Yeah. Um, my parents moved there, though. They were originally, my dad was from Michigan and my mom was from Pennsylvania, but both by way of Texas. Did I'm sorry, did you say your dad was from Mitchell, Michigan, Quan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a Michicano. He's a, I, I say I'm a Chicago, a Chicano from Chicago. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wait, so... I feel like when, when, when my dad ran for the border, he ran, you know, but then he kept running. He got as far as Chicago, but your dad actually got, or his parents actually got as far as Michigan. Yeah. Jesus. They almost went to Canada. Like they almost went that? to Canada. Oh. <laughs> I love this. I love it. And so Adam, you have worked on some incredible movie sets and um, I have a couple posters on on tap here on, on, on the screen, Sex in the City and Law and Order Criminal Intent from NBC season six. Now, can you tell us a little bit about 
Sex in the City, and then also yeah. Law and Order. Yeah. So um, I only worked one day on the Sex in the City film, but uh, a good friend of mine, he was the key PA in the either the second unit or third unit. I don't remember. They had a, quite a few units on that film. Um, but we were working with principals. It was uh, a scene with the character, I believe her name is Charlotte, the one with darker hair. And her husband, I don't remember his name. He was just, I don't know, he was like the bald guy, right? And um, I've only seen like two, maybe three episodes of that show. Um, but because um, that was also during a time when I was working a lot. So, um, oh, actually, Sex in the City was out when I was touring a lot. Because um, actually, I remember I was on tour in Richmond, Virginia. and um the people are you, are you talking music tour when you were touring? yes yeah yeah when I was playing with bands um tell us about that and uh I I sat in uh the our our hosts that we were staying with were having like a sex in the city watch party um because it was like the fi season finale or something like that but this was a few seasons before the end of the show uh so that was, I think that was the first time I ever saw it but um, the funny thing about that day was uh, working on Sex in the City was uh, we saw Bill Murray and he wasn't part of the shoot or anything. Um, we were we were leaving the set after filming uh, in Rockefeller, uh, outside Rockefeller Center. And we were maybe two blocks away and Bill Murray was going by uh, in a um, rickshaw and just waving to people and uh it was pretty funny because we were like is that bill murray <laughs> is that a new york thing because i i would have been like oh were you guys working in singapore or in hong kong that was or... that was new york yes is that is that a oh rickshaws a yeah thing? yeah those are a thing there okay see that's how long it's been since I, i've been to new york i was in new york back in the 1900s a friend <laughs> A friend of mine got hired by Saturday Night Live, and I, he was gracious enough to invite me to his first show. This would have been 97, 98, I think 98, maybe late 97 or, or 98, and it was his first show at SNL, and that's when I first met uh, Dan Aykroyd and, and Steve Martin. Uh, they reprised their roles of, of those two wild and crazy guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... Back then, there were also like no Mexicans in the. I remember going to going going. Where can I go get a taco? And they're like, "That it doesn't. It's not here." <laughs> yeah. Like I, I literally, and it was such a crazy experience. I'm gonna maybe put this out on the podcast because I met Linda Tripp's son randomly in a cab. Uh, I got taken up to Spanish Harlem saw a murder on my first day. There's all these crazy, crazy things that happen. But um, but being at SNL, I didn't wait. But even back then, there were no Mexicans and there were no rickshaws. You're telling me now that there are rickshaws? And <laughs> like, like, is it Asian dudes pulling you on a rickshaw? Yeah, it's like someone pulling, pulling it. Yeah. Not on foot, though, by with like a usually like a bike. OK, thank God, because can yeah. you imagine me? this 300 pound guy showing up and they're like, I, I, Dios mio, no, no, no. no. 
I mean, I had the same thing almost happen to me in Cuba. That's another story, but yeah. Okay, sorry, go on. You can okay. you, you could so, sit on the handlebars. No, Paul, yes? Uh, no, because <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure if I sit on the handlebars, they're gonna fall in and the, the handle, the middle of the handlebar is gonna go right up the old. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll put you know? that, that idea aside. <laughs> yes, so there are rickshaws in New York City now, but there's still no Mexicans outside of my family. I believe it. I honest to God believe it. And even though now people are like, oh no, there's plenty of, of taquerias. I'm like, well- I'll, They're I'm, Korean owned. I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, Puerto Rican owned, but sorry, Puerto Rican, but it's it, there's definitely no Mexicans except you and your and your other white family in. Yeah, there are some there are some taquerias, but they're mostly Korean owned. Um, but they're bomb. <laughs> I bet they are. I bet they are. <laughs> they're they're great. Anyang Hase no. I love a good taco. I mean, tacos are my favorite. Yeah. And speaking of um, good things and good tacos, um, I did want to ask one other thing about Law and Order Criminal Intent. Uh, you were you worked on season six, right, Adam? Yes. Yes. And so, how much fun was that? That was a huge, uh, incredibly popular series. Um, one of the very best. And what, what's your takeaway of that time? Yeah, uh, it was amazing. Um, gosh, uh, I started, filming had already begun when I started, maybe a week into filming I started, uh, I came onto the crew and um, on my, my second day, um, Vincent D'Onofrio, was telling a story about Stanley Kubrick to Rip Torn. And I was just like, what's going on right now? <laughs> like, like, this is too wild, you know? I mean, like, I remember Rip Torn from as young as like his appearances on uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents and things like that. And, um, you know, Stanley Kubrick's been one of my favorite directors since I was maybe not even a teen. And, uh, you know, I'd seen Full Metal Jacket so many times and to have D'Onofrio in front of me telling a story about it to Rip Torn, it was just so wild. And I was just like, I never want to leave this industry. <laughs> what, what, what was your position or what were you doing on, on that show? Uh, so I worked in props primarily, but I worked in a lot of the art departments. Um, sometimes I was um, working with the uh, production designer, um, uh, like a head of shooting, um, doing set, set dressing. And uh, sometimes I was doing scenic work. So um, like I would, uh, I had to do one time, like this huge memorial wall, it was um, close to 9-11, you know, and uh, had to do with firefighters, the episode. And so there was like this memorial wall with pictures of, you know, people who had um, died in the towers. And that's my son. There is and show. someone behind <laughs> you know, you're about to be murdered. There is Chencho. 
What's his name? <laughs> Chen Chow. Uh, his full name, Adam Hawk Innocencio Owen Vargas. Um, must, so- you, must, <laughs> you, must you people always respect the stereotype? <laughs> and let me guess, you have no middle name, you're just Adam Vargas, but yet you No, just- I have a middle name. <laughs> <laughs> middle name is Daniel, right? Correct, correct. And I, love I, sh- that. I share that middle name with at least three or four cousins. <laughs> and I have, and there's decided, one cousin, there's one cousin, that's his first name. <laughs> but now you decided to, to really put it, stick it to your son and give him <laughs> four names, five names? What does he have? You have four names? Yeah, four names. His name was going to be different, and then he was yeah, born. It should, have been, <laughs> it should have been like Mike. Yeah, Mitia. Oh gosh, she saw his his face, and she was like, "He looks like uh, he looks like your grandpa, you know, your great grandfather, Inocencio." And he did, especially because he was born with like a a U of hair, so he just had the ring of hair, but nothing on top. And they looked- <laughs> They look like dead ringers of each other. I feel like this is like a native thing. Like So something. yeah, we had to give him the name. And they had the same birthday too. So he was literally born on his birthday, like almost a hundred years later. But but I like that I like that this filled in though. Yeah, yeah. Eventually it did. <laughs> Say hi, Chencho. He's Hi. He's being he's so, shy. He's so shy. Hi. Hi. He How is, are you? but he isn't also. <laughs> he likes so, to get on stage. That's so awesome. And so hello and thank you so much for being there with us and with your dad. And your dad is so cool. And um, I have a, um, a request, Adam. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you got into music and touring? Um, how, did you, how did you get into all of that? Yeah, um, I started playing music when I was really young uh, and all my siblings played music and um, we started, uh, I I graduated young at 14 and um, I didn't want to go to college right away. Um, I started some businesses and things like that, but we, me and my brothers would go to a lot of shows in New York and um, it just, you know, we eventually just started playing in bands. Uh, well, prior to that, we started a, a publication about the New York music scene, um, primarily about local bands. We did interview some like larger acts and stuff like that, but the main focus was local New York acts. and. Like, um, a, I'm sorry, like a zine? Yes, yeah, exactly. And so uh, through that, we became really popular. Um, like everybody started to know who we were. And um, also through that, we, you know, like we made, we became friends with a lot of these musicians and stuff, some of whom are still professional musicians. And like, um, it's so wild, like, I have friends that have played the Louvre and Grand Ole Opry and the um, what the what's the opera house in like Australia and like you know all these big places that are just like you know not just anybody plays <laughs> plays at these venues 
Um, but yeah, it's wild. Um, so from that, me and my brothers started playing in bands and, uh, uh, well, actually I think we started promoting shows first and then started playing in bands and then started touring and stuff like that. Um, like one of my little brothers, he was touring with his band when he was 15. Um, uh, yeah. So, so did you go all the way around the country touring? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did a few tours of the country and some like um, some smaller like half half tours. Um, and so how did you make the transition from music to film? How did that happen? Well, me and, yeah, my brothers and I had always been um, making films and making shorts. Um, we had a sketch comedy show that we made. Uh, called the Geeks, um, which was we were named after the. So the term geek originated from uh, it was a circus sideshow act where they would like bite the heads off live chickens. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. So that, oh. was, <laughs> wow. so that was what we were named after. <laughs> um, but uh, kind of morbid, right? <laughs> um, but uh, so we, we did sketches of those. We would do, you know, sketch comedy. And um, mostly only our family would see that, like our, our relatives and stuff. Um, but they egged us on, you know, to keep making things. And um, from there, uh, started working with some friends that were older who had gone to film school on some of their stuff and um, doing stuff with friends. And then eventually a friend's dad who had worked on Law and Order for quite a while and had offered to get me on there years before, but I didn't feel like I was ready. Um, uh, I was just like, hey, yeah, can you still get, can I still work on Law and Order? You know, and he was like, yeah. I can get you there tomorrow. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's um, El Marco. And a lot of people in the, in the New York uh, film industry think he's actually my uncle. Um, because, you know, having a family member in the union holds weight. So he just told everyone that I was his nephew. That's and so cool. Some pe people who were paying attention were like, so wait a second. Your uncle's <laughs> Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I love and it. You're Mexican. <laughs> so there's there's people that know he's not really my uncle. Um, but yeah. He's oh, a that's really, so he's sweet. A that is such a nice friend to have done that for you and kind of like extended family, if you will, because yeah, and, and, and it seems, you know, that's how it, it was, right? Um, you had to know someone to get in. Um, whether they were a proper, you know, worked in the property department and the union or like, like your uncle, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was easily, there was easily 18 to 20 family members in that crew, like multiple people from the same families. Uh, so, um, Gosh, what was the one? There's like a famous family too of set dressers that I worked with that were part of that show. Um, 
and they've been in the their family's been in the industry for like three three or four generations i was gonna say westmore but that's makeup <laughs> no uh gosh i can't remember i'm like joey and jd and matt uh, what was their last name bell italiano <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely um but it was a great it was a great set to be on um my uh my mentor on that set was bob feltman and he was um he was actually a musician turned filmmaker um but he was the second the, he was the prop master from season two onwards of the Cosby show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which, which w used to be a great thing, you know, to <laughs> tell people. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, yeah, don't. Now it's not such a brag, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now it's just uncomfortable to talk about. Um, I mean, it is, but but obviously it, it is it is a great, thing to have on your resume but i mean he had nothing to do with what was going no on. of course not of course maybe not. we don't definitely know. not definitely not you're right definitely not um but yeah i'm actually going to be making a documentary about bob coming up because so like i said he was a musician turned filmmaker he studied under i cannot think of her name but she's um She's known as like the, the mother of electronic music because she like invented one of the first synthesizers. And he studied under her in uh, musical composition at Stony Brook University. And he, so he was like producing synth pop songs. And he wrote this once, he, well, he was writing a bunch of songs, but he was sending them to labels mostly in the UK because they were like the only labels that were doing synth pop uh, in the very early eighties. And he never heard anything back. And then one day on the radio, he heard one of his songs, um, Take On Me. <laughs> oh my God. So, but he had no way to do anything about it, um, you know, uh, he had no like way to prove at the time, you know, it was just kind of his word against the labels. And so he really wasn't ever able to do anything about it, but he has, um, he has like some correspondence with the label and he has, um, his original reel to reels and, um, some other dated materials. And, the song was originally like a duel. And the, the original lyrics of the chorus were, I challenge you to take on me. Oh. Yeah. Ah. Wait, wait. yeah. So, which kind of makes it even, it's like, it's kind of perfect for the documentary too, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, because, wait, wait. But, but I'm sorry, did he have something, did this have something to do with Wendy or no? Was it Wendy, Wendy Carlos or no? Was that? I don't know. I don't know. With, Who's Wendy with, Carlos? I, I thought she was, had something to do with, with the, uh, the birth of synth pop, but maybe. It was oh, okay. 
Um, that might be, I'm I'm bad with names, so that might be her name. Um, I really can't remember. Okay, but yeah, I'd have to look it up. Um, that's all right. That's all right. But the, I this is such an amazing. This would be such an amazing documentary, though. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, what is the name of the documentary, Adam? Um, I don't know yet. It's oh, okay. entitled. I mean, we haven't started working on it yet. Is he it, also lives. It, he also lives in Spain at this point. Is it? Is it? Take me on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a good one. Take me on, Carlos. Take me on, Wendy. <laughs> Wendy, please take me on. I don't know. Uh, if you need a comedic slant to it or someone to interview, I, I'm there for you, Adam Vargas. Yeah. yeah. I'm your guy. Me too. I also wanted to say um, you have a story with Rita Moreno. Is that right, Adam? Um, um, yeah, she worked on, she was um, D'Onofrio's mother on Criminal Intent. So she was in a couple episodes. I never could get up the nerve, though to tell her like i've been watching your films since i was a little kid you know like <laughs> i'm mexican uh, hello yeah <laughs> like hi um and you know like i should have said something because like my aunt was like how did you not get a picture with her you yeah. know like <laughs> but yeah it was it was too nerve-wracking to uh say anything to her other and, than and you- like other than like, you know, here's your props. <laughs> uh, did you, did you like put jewelry on her or, or uh, what props? One episode, I know she was in the hospital. She was like sick um, for a couple episodes. So I might've put like, you know, some, some heart monitor on her or something, you know, a pressure cuff or something like that. But um, you, you can even say mi placer or... <laughs> <laughs> or, or gracias with a shitty <laughs> accent where she'd be like oh even if you know i don't even do you, do you speak spanish yeah uh, un poquito. Un poquito. <laughs> <laughs> i definitely had a better handle on it when i was younger or do you speak like puerto rican spanish no no is that is that your spanish did have they flipped you? Are you? No, they didn't flip me. <laughs> Aren't you also um, Apache as well? No, Zuni. Zuni. I love that. Tell so I that. am. Yeah, I am a little bit Apache, but um, mostly Zuni. So I prefer, I prefer Zumi as well. That's what I'm using right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're all using Zumi right now. We're all using yeah. Zumi right now. That's Racist. via my grandmother. Were, were those were those the very light skinned natives? <laughs> no, she was actually she was really dark and, and short. Her, she was really dark. Yeah, very short. Of course. And yeah. uh, her name is Herminia, but everyone called her Mini. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um. She was like four foot. Gosh, four sure. Foot nine, four foot. I don't remember, but she shrunk too at like her last couple years. She got older. So yeah. <laughs> She was really Wait, small. But but she wasn't in New York though. No, no. She was Probably. in Michigan. 
Well, she was in Texas for really for a long time. Oh, because because that now is that where your dad was born? Was was you said in he was born in Michigan. Oh, you my other my other aunts and uncles were uh, born in Texas uh, or on the or on the road somewhere in a field. Were they in the fields? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, because they were migrant workers, but my father wasn't. Oh, that's how they wound up in Michigan, of course. Yeah. And then your dad was was like one of the last ones born. I'm yeah, him and then his brother Teddy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, after, but, um, but his brothers, the older brothers, were on the feet in the fields. Yeah, making their way through, you know, mm-hmm. Ohio. That's where my mom. I mean, she was born in Texas, also, like in the Valley, Ovalle, they call it, like mm-hmm. close to the Mexican border. And then you know, Ohio. Yeah, and wound up in Chicago, so it, it makes perfect sense that they would end up in Michigan and Nebraska and, and stuff like that as as they as they followed the fields and the crops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my father was a famous boxer. He used to uh, box uh, tomatoes. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. That's horrible. I know it's horrible. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love this. Uh, we know we're talking about our heritage. Um, all jokes aside, I, I do love your jokes, Paul, so much. Um, but I do love your heritage. And I think that's why you're so, you have this wise demeanor about you, Adam, and it's noble and it's wise and I love it. And you also bring a sense of calmness. And would you say that's part of your heritage or where do you think you get it from? Um, Yeah, I definitely get that from, um, my dad is very soft-spoken. His grandfather was, you know, his father was very soft-spoken. Yeah, we're, uh, and my dad's a very patient speaker. He, he takes his time, he listens to people, he mulls over his response. Um, so I get a lot of that from him. He's wait, very wait, stoic. And, and I, love, I, I, I love that and I respect that. Uh, and your father's the Mexican one? Yeah. Because my father's quite, he was quite the opposite. It's, well, I my, like, he can be loud too. I feel like I'm in that sketch of Saturday Night Live uh, where she gets abducted by aliens and she, and, and you know, uh, the, the two are like, oh, we had this beautiful experience with my father and my family. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that quite wasn't my experience with my father. But then again, my father was so old. I think when I was born, he was like, I, he was in his 40s when I was born. So, you know, growing up, he was just, I think, done with life. It was just, and, you know, he was miserable. He was loud, not Puerto Rican loud, but Mexican loud. You know, he was, that's horrible. He would, you know, it's just abusive, you know, to his family, not to others. But it's, it's wonderful to meet someone like you that's quite the opposite. And, and I think that's when, when I see like a little opening or a little weakness. I'm just, not weakness, but an opening. I like fucking go right in there just like the way my father was. But that's beautiful the way that you were raised. I love it. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was quick witted too, though. Um, and he had this way of, uh, he would say the same word or like, uh, phrase over and over again, but he would keep changing how he was saying it. And it would just, it would sound completely different and you would get his intention. Like, all right, now he's saying it in the, like, I don't even, I, I can't even replicate it to this the, day. The words? 
or the tone of what he was saying. He could do it. He, he did it all the time. Um, my dad reads constantly. Like he probably reads five to seven new books a week. Um, and yeah, as a kid, like there were always boxes of books coming to our house. Um, and uh, um, yeah, he would just, I mean, it would be the same. It would be, it would always be something new, you know, but he would do the same thing of, he could say the same word like 12 different times and it would sound different every single time he said it. And I, I still don't know how to do this. My father just got louder. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he would do this as jokes, you know, yeah. as like a joke. He would like say something. He would like say a lead up and then there would be like the word, you know, that was the punchline. But then he would keep saying it different. He would like act the same line or the same word different over and over, reinventing it. And it would just get funnier and funnier. I, you know what? That's beautiful. And I, I feel like in, a, in another day or time, like he would have been like a brilliant, you know, I, I, I want to say stand-up comedian, because to me, that's what I hold in some of the highest regard, but also yeah. like a TEDx speaker or someone, someone that has such control uh, of, of the English language, but also like maybe being also Latino, being raised in Michigan, maybe also added to that. But that's 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 so beautiful that he was able to do that. That's that's amazing because I think that anyone that has the ability to do that with language, like really has so much to offer and so much to share. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant, and and he's still around. And hysterical too. Yes, yeah, yeah. I would love to meet your dad, but don't get mad when he really wants to hang out with me because. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I would love to meet your dad. My parents are really cool. They, and they, uh, they have their own lives. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's funny. Like I found out from a friend that my mom was interviewed in a book for like a whole chapter. There was like a whole chapter in this book about her, about <laughs> subcultures. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Uh, and he's like, he's like, wait, you don't know about this. I'm like, this is the first time hearing of it. Like, I have no clue what you're talking about. And my mom was like interviewed for like a month for this book. Like, I've never heard of it. Adam, I, I was- New York, Best Times, New York Times bestseller too. Amazing, amazing. I, you know, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to invite you to do my podcast, uh, Paul Vato Presents, but- Yes. No, but I'm gonna have to actually take that back. I'd much rather interview your parents. <laughs> you know, my- <laughs> yeah my mom uh was touring before me and my siblings were um her and her sisters had a group a singing group is she also latina no no oh now it makes perfect sense yeah. but my grandmother also she sang on the radio she sang mariachi on the radio wait wait your grandmother on your dad's side yes yeah. and then so and your and your mom's your mom's wife from where uh she's, she's all mixed up <laughs> is, that, is that weird that i'm asking you this because no, now, no, it it's okay. perfect, now it makes perfect sense it's okay but what, 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 why you're the tallest i can only assume that you're tall uh i'm not that tall <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you're like I'm the, the shortest. I'm the sh- my sisters are almost as tall as me. <laughs> you're, you're like the whitest Latino I've ever met. So <laughs> I have a really bright white light on my face. You think that's it? Yeah. It's the my kids, my kids also like to point out that they're darker than me. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That was my next question. <laughs> my son all the time. He'll be like, Dad, look how dark I am to you. <laughs> so, so <laughs> your this is horrible. Your wife, so your wife's black. No, no, she's Sicilian and European mutt. That's yeah, that's black. So yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, your, your kids are beautiful. Adrian's like, trying to disappear into the background right now. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm, I may have to pull my um, camera here just for a second, and that's fine. And then I'm going to pop it back on, and it'll come back in focus now. Um, ta-da! There we are. But right. I love this. We're having so much fun. And I did want to um mention one other thing about which is incredible about you adam is that you worked on the sopranos mm, yeah what? i have a what? funny story about that too oh i want to hear this but you also you did stunts you did you were a stunt driver you did props right with the sopranos tell us all about it um, and the funny story. i did i did stunt driving on law and order oh you're on mute aj Oh, thank you. Uh, I need that. I thank you. You're an excellent story. director. <laughs> so this was funny. Um, it was the night before the last day of shooting the last episode of Sopranos. And my dad says to me, if you see, if you see David Chase on set, tell him Doug says hi. And in my mind, I'm just like, wait, what are you talking about, Dad? So my dad, my dad only has um, a handful of friends. There's a lot of people that consider my dad a friend, but like, there's only a few people my dad really like turns to, and uh, so, and one of them is his friend Doug Lee. And so I'm like you mean Doug Leith, dad? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dad, why would David Chase know Doug? And he's like, oh, I never told you. They've been friends since, you know, they were like six or seven. And I'm like, what? Wow. He's like, he's like yeah, they, they, you know, they never lost touch through the Rockford files, et cetera. You know, he's like rattling off David Chase projects. And I'm just like, wait, what? I'm like, Dad, what are you, what are you saying right now? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, are you saying I could have been on Sopranos like day one, <laughs> scene one, episode one? Wow. And he's like, he's like, oh yeah, but uh, I thought you were trying to do this on your own. Oh my gosh, Adam, that must have blown your mind. Uh, that they knew each other and oh my gosh so I understand your dad wanted to give you so, the free yeah and I was like okay yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> but also I was like man <laughs> you could have told me that years ago <laughs> yeah right 
Yeah, and so Paul, I, you're on mute. Paul, sorry, you're on mute. Well, go ahead, Paul. Gracias por nada. So yeah, <laughs> thanks for nothing. Exactly, Dad. exactly. So, but I didn't see David that day. Um, the way they filmed that episode, they would figure out the blocking, pull in just those extras shoot just whatever lines were for that blocking and only that blocking and then put those extras on a bus and send them back to new york wow like get out of jersey we don't want you to communicate with anyone on anything you've seen <laughs> have a nice life incredible yeah so um yeah wild wild way to shoot so, you know that sounds they like didn't it was want, a... they didn't want anyone knowing anything and they even would film alternate lines doing this so to confuse even the people you know on what the little bit that they had seen um but uh so it was like a very very closed set um only david the dp uh, really, and like a couple producers were, uh, and the scripty were allowed on set as far as crew. It sounds like it was such a fun uh, workplace. Were you excited to go there but, each each day on the set? Yeah, it was great. But so David wasn't, I didn't get to tell David about Doug, but his cousin who had been on set, um, David, Doug, and I can't remember his cousin's name now. I want to say it was Daniel or something like that. Um, but they called themselves the Three Musketeers. So he knew Doug too. <laughs> and so uh, I already knew that the reason he was on set is because him and David were like best friends, you know. Um, so when I saw him, I was like, hey, Dan. My dad told me to tell you that Doug Leith said hi. And like saying the in Leith, his tears, his eyes were already filled with tears. Oh. Like immediately. And he was just like, he's like, wait, who are you? Because <laughs> he was like, wait, there's someone on this set that knows Doug Leith, like someone who's working here. This is oh weird. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And he just like grabbed me and hugged me and thanked me. And he was like, Do you have Doug's number? Like, so I could call him, you know? Um, and so I got his number from my dad and gave it to him. And, uh, you know, I was like, Yeah, tell David he says hi. You know, and he was like, Oh, I definitely do. Um, but, yeah, it was wild. Uh, and uh, yeah, porque nada. It was wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> wonderful story so much. I love that. And um, thank you so much, Adam. And we also yeah. have a movie poster on called The Black Facade. Now we can see part of it and it's yeah. very intriguing. Can you tell us about that? It's so cool. So that was um, my first that was from my first feature film. I need a little water. 
Um, First a, feature film, cool. Yeah, it's that's a crazy straw, by the way. <laughs> Can it's we see bar- it again? It's a barber pole. It, it really is. <laughs> Can I get my haircut? I'm just joking. <laughs> it's a barber pole or candy cane or yeah, something like that. Love it. So, Sorry. Uh, I was working on this feature, and um, uh, it was a like a shoot on location, and we were probably three or four weeks into the shoot, and there was this moment at lunchtime. I sat down at one of the tables, and one of the grips saw, sat across from me, and pulled a Clark Kent. He like took off his baseball cap, took off his glasses. And all this, this long black hair fell out. And I realized I was sitting across the table from Jack Black. And I was like, where have you been hiding this entire film shoot? Oh my gosh, Adam. It wasn't really Jack Black. It was just Jack Black's doppelganger. Oh. And I was like, I instantly had an idea for a film, you know? I was like, I was like, do you act? He's like, yeah, I, I act, I direct, I write, and uh, I grip when I need money. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this is too perfect. I was like, I was like, I, you, you just like turned into Jack Black in front of my face, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, yeah, I get that from time to time, and I'm like, yeah, you would get it a lot more if you didn't wear a baseball hat with all your hair up in it <laughs> and glasses. Um, <laughs> but on the way home uh on the subway home I like wrote down you know my idea and uh it was the weekend so I spent the weekend writing the script and I sent it to him and so something else he told me he was like he was like I'll do this movie if my friend Ed Cho can be in it I'm like okay and he's like he's like he just did a special on Comedy Central I'm like yeah of course he can be in it He's like, and he's friends with Kevin Smith. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's friends with Kevin Smith. If, if, if anything, I'm like, <laughs> if anything, you're fired. He's in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wait, 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 wait. How is he friends with Kevin Smith? He's like, they've been friends since high school. Um, and I'm like, all right, you got to tell me more about this. He's like, so Ed has always wanted to play. Um, uh, Cato from the Green Hornet and he ever since Kevin Smith like hit it big and like you know like started like doing more movies than just like once he did Mall Rats, Ed was like all right you're definitely going to be around Hollywood like you should do a, a, a Green Hornet remake so I can play Cato. Is he Asian? No. He is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So because um, he, he grew up idolizing Bruce Lee, you know? Sure. So I'm like, all right, perfect. We're going to make your friend Ed Cho. We're going to make him Cato in this film. He's going to be your roommate. He's a limo driver. Like, we're going to do the whole thing. <laughs> you know, he knows martial arts, all of it. And then... Uh, awesome. Two, yeah, so um, I get a producer. Uh, you know, we we get our funds. Um, we have our schedule. And we're doing rehearsals and stuff. And then Ed calls me two days before shooting. And he says, I just landed a commercial with uh, 
Air China. It's $10,000 a day to do two commercials. Oh my God. I'm like, that's more than my budget. <laughs> I'm like, I think you should take that and yeah. forget about my movie. <laughs> so then I had to recast him. But um, we ended up, uh, that was like a short that we filmed and we ended up fleshing it out into a feature. And then, so then I created another character for him in the film. Um, and uh, he ended up being in a large, almost as much of the film as if he had been Cato. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it, it turned out great. Um, and it played at a festival at Tribeca, not to be confused with the Tribeca Film Festival. <laughs> in Tribeca but the no but the Tribeca theater I'm famous in Hollywood (laughs) Florida (laughs) I mean that's basically kind of what you're saying Adam it was it's it's still De Niro's theater Tribeca theater but it was there he used to have there used to be three different festivals that were held there what a scam that De Niro's pulling like hey this is not the Tribeca. Hey, this festival. isn't the Tribeca. But, uh, film you can use my building and call it a film festival in Tribeca. <laughs> and De Niro owns it. That, that's a horrible impression. horrible impression. I get it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's it's kind of like that. But uh <laughs> the way. Forget it's about it. It's so cool to play at the theater. Forget you know? about it. Forget about it. I, I loved him in Casino, okay? All right. <laughs> it's, it's not a famous casino. It's, it's way up the movie. The movie Casino. <laughs> Maron. Molto bello. Okay. Molto bello. Please yeah. apologize to your city. <laughs> Molto bella sposa siciliana. I'm going to get my tiramisu right now. <laughs> well, I, I'm Pasta. I'm <laughs> Fellini. All right, okay. Ah, Fellini, sono un molto bello direttore de attores in in la to a tu sua sposa parmigiana okay now so now we're burn it burn italian mother this is my this is my impress, impersonation of an italian person speaking spanish che pasta primavera pizza yeah that's it yeah that that that, that doesn't work Mucho grande in tua pasta primavera. No, che pasta. Che pasta, way. Um, I do want to say I've been enjoying this so much, but we, we've got to start wrapping up the show. It went I'm so fast. Smoke, uh, I'm going to smoke it like the Germans, at least the way, because we are also very much like... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Hitler and the other and oh my the guy God. dictator. <laughs> Stalin. Stalin was Russian, but oh, oh yeah, course. Lenin. Lenin. Sorry. Oh, no. And Lenin was also Russian. Ah, who was the, who's the who, Italian? Uh, that one. Mussolini. 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 Speaking of Mussolini. <laughs> 
just want to promote Vacha cigars. <laughs> he, if you ever watch Mussolini, I can't believe I couldn't remember his name because I love dictators. Uh, not the emphasis on the dick, but I love <laughs> dictators. And Mussolini was kind taters, of the best. not tasters. <laughs> taters, not tasters. <laughs> But the way he just went like this, <laughs> welcome to Italy. So I would love to invite you to do my podcast, but I feel like now yeah. you're going to be like, absolutely. Adam has his own podcast. Is the Time TV Traveler. The I'm TV sorry. Time Machine Podcast. What? <laughs> Can I be on it? Yeah. I've yeah, never asked love to, to have be on you somebody's on podcast except for AJ's. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to have you on there. What is it? The TV Time Machine Podcast. I, I've been... So, I, and I we have... let our guests pick the topic. Yeah. But it always has to be retro TV. Okay. So, so whatever, you know, like... Um, sometimes, I don't know, guests talk about... Yeah, whatever. It's like if your favorite genre of TV or... Do they pick it ahead of time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So we, I can prepare because I'm sure you're like, yeah, got it. I'm the idiot that has to kind of like, all right, for that, I will prepare. I didn't prepare for this, obviously. I only we, prepare. I, didn't prepare, I, didn't prepare for no, I only prepare for. for I probably no, should have. No, 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 no. I only prepare <laughs> for like well-known people, famous people, not just you know, blah blah blah. So obviously, I didn't prepare for this. Okay. So um, I just want to say thank you both. This was amazing. And I love that AJ's trying to save me from insulting you. <laughs> We're gonna do final thoughts. Now. I didn't think I, I, I went with the bit. I went with the bit. I'm gonna, bit Paul. I'm gonna do final thoughts. Um, okay. Everything. Your your life is beautiful. That's what my band says here. And we're gonna do final thoughts. And um, thank you, Paul, for that. And yes, we want to know all about your podcast. Uh, we want we want to be <laughs> we want to be. <laughs> we'll edit this out. I don't think I don't think we are because uh, <laughs> if anyone's drunk, it's me. I don't know what, what what's going on with AJ. I've only got water in here. That's all. So. Yeah, anyway, I only have. It's all that elderberry it. syrup. It's the elderberry syrup, and it's <laughs> that's the me. whitest thing I've ever heard. By the way, <laughs> and so we're gonna have is... final thoughts. We're gonna start with you, Paul. Final thoughts over to you, Paul. You cannot start with me. I can only go after. <laughs> Are you kidding me? My final thoughts. Uh, I would love for you guys to just leave me alone. I'm really uh, sick and tired of of having to to do podcasts anymore. I'm almost done with my own podcast. No, I'm kidding. Are you kidding me? This has been this has been one of the funnest ones because I, I love Adam. Uh, never met him before. And I wish I would have done more homework because uh, I, I, I was shocked before when we did one where I didn't read up on the guests and he was kind of upset that we didn't know about him. You know who we're talking about. But uh, you did but, great. But you did great, Paul. Of course. I know. Trust me. I always do great. But... <laughs> But I love Adam. Uh, I, I want to. I, I want Adam on my podcast, and I also almost I want to be on his podcast. And I think that Adam and I should do our own podcast because are you Michoac, kidding me? Michoac, Chicano and a Chicago, Chicago. and you know, a Mexican from New York. 
and I'm actually from Chicago. Are you kidding me? Like this is <laughs> in heaven. So Adam, I would, and he's so talented. He's a musician. Thank I know you. nothing about that world. And uh, to me, it's, it's just so, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this and meeting Adam Vargas. Adam Daniel Vargas and his uh, son, and uh, his son Ad, Adam Daniel Michael. Blah 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 Vargas. <laughs> I love that, and and I love it, and we I love Adam too. He's amazing, amazing musician, and he plays guitar. Well, he's kind of a show off because he's got a <laughs> he's got he's a cigar. I got a cigar. He's, he's got a guitar. In the background, he's incredible. I got drums he's behind so... me too. Jesus <laughs> Christ, what a show off! What a show off! Those are actually my daughters, though. He's so modest and he's humble and he's an incredible artist, and I love him. We love him too. And Adam, we want to be on your podcast. And um, thank you so much for your, your time. And uh, over to you for final thoughts, Adam. Um, well, thank you for having me on, of course. Um, it was a pleasure. Uh, it was a lot of fun chatting with both of you. And um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll plug the podcast. Uh, it's the TV Time Machine podcast. You can get us on Apple, Anchor, or uh, gosh, what's the Spotify. Um, my partner on that is Luis Garcia, who. Uh, he used to be um, Lee Daniels' assistant uh, for four films. Post Monster, uh, he started working with him right after Monster, um, and he was—he's also a really—he was a really talented casting director, uh, casting assistant. Um, a lot of huge films um, like Departed and Anger Management all the films he worked on um and an amazing actor also uh his father was in hair the uh broadway show so he has that uh lineage but um yeah it's a fun show uh we talk about retro tv and uh, have different guests on from time to time uh, it's a lot of fun uh, go ahead paul yeah, no, no, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but as the director of this podcast, uh, Adam, would you mind doing the, the exact same thing again, but maybe taking it down a notch? <laughs> Jesus. Is that too low? Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, your energy was way too high on that. If you don't mind, just maybe take it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm, I'm so sorry. So yeah, you know what? Maybe don't bring me on your podcast. <laughs> Uh, it was so beautiful getting to meet you, Adam, and thank you. I've just never met a, a, an ethnic person, Latino person like you that that's not over the top loud. And I mean, I would think that you being raised in New York around a lot of Puerto Ricans, you'd be a lot louder, but this is the craziest thing I've ever heard. You so. have to see me around my family. It's a different story. Is it even lower? I'm one of eight. So no, it's even louder. Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, hope you. I, I hope you never take this the wrong. When way. I was younger, I, I was a lot louder, a lot louder, because you what fight happened? to get you fight to get oh, you heard, you know. And now I'm just more like my dad. I don't know. Um, Paul <laughs> said, more but you got him. married. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No offense to your sis. 
Sicilian wife. I yeah, I couldn't her. compete with her volume. I don't want to so. get whacked. <laughs> Hi, I'm 18% Italian, so let's uh, let's give it up for the Italianos. Molto bello. It's not this. Come on, it's not this. I don't know how to support the Italians. It's a sono You got it right there. Okay. So thank you again. Um, now my final thoughts are: I'm just so thankful and grateful. Adam, you're incredible, and and I love I love this show. I think it's one of my favorites, and I can't wait to publish it. And Paul, you've been phenomenal as always. And I just want to thank you and all our viewers out there. So please uh, keep supporting Adam, Adam Vargas, and uh, his partner as well, Luis Garcia, uh, with their podcast show and um, support them and follow them and also support and follow Paul Vato with Paul Vato Presents, amazing podcast. And thank you all as well. And until next time, good night and take care. Thank you so much. Mazel tov.